This is The Brian McClanahan Show. Episode 122. Glad to have you back on the program. Glad to be here. Before we get started, just want to remind you that if you do like this podcast, please share it around on social media. You can find me on social media. You can find me on Facebook at Brian McClanahan, on Twitter at Brian McClanahan, and of course, you can subscribe to my YouTube page. Just go out and look for Brian McClanahan. If you don't want to go out and search for all those things, you can go to my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com, at the top of the page. Click on the little buttons for Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find me on social media that way. While you're at my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com, that's Brian with an O, you can give me an email address and I will give you a free ebook and a free audiobook. Forgotten Founders, the audiobook is read by yours truly. And while you're there, you can go to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support and you can help support the Brian McClanahan Show. You can throw me a few pennies my way and uh, anything would be uh, helpful and appreciated. Also, if you have already purchased a copy of my How, How Alexander Hamilton Screwed Up America, uh, please go on out and leave a review on Amazon.com if you do like the book. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you do like this podcast, also please go on out to iTunes and leave me a review there as well. Okay, so uh, this particular episode is going to be something that uh, is a little different in that uh, I'm going to bring it back to history, but I'm also going to, um, it, it's a contemporary issue, and I know a lot of people are talking about this and maybe even tired of it. It's, it's uh, all over the Drudge Report, uh, and it has to deal with Hollywood. And so what's going on in Hollywood right now with Harvey Weinstein and, uh, or Weinstein and uh, all of the other accusations that are being made on it now on a daily basis, it seems, uh, when it comes to people coming out of the woodwork saying that this guy was a predator and all the other things he's doing. I don't really want to focus on that part of it. Uh, there's two things going on here that I, that I really want to focus on. It has to do with, with history, and I, I did a podcast on this particular topic a long time ago, and it was entitled, We Are Rome. And so um, this, this story, and then a corresponding story, I've seen it several times, but uh, recently there was another, another article about it, about how Hollywood is, is lacking any creative spark. Uh, that people are complaining about the type of films coming out of of, uh, of Hollywood right now, that the type of films that are being released, uh, that there's a tremendous number of box office bombs, uh, that people just aren't going to the movies anymore because they don't really like the content. And I think that's also part of the issue that has to do with the Harvey Weinstein uh, episode and what's going on with him and some of the other things. Um, there, this is a this is part and parcel of a bigger culture war that's going on in America right now, and uh, this has to do with the direction of the United States culturally. Now, when I was growing up, uh, films were a big deal. We liked to go to the movies. Everyone went to the movies. Now, of course, you didn't have home theater systems like you have now. Uh, you didn't have on-demand movies, and you didn't have uh, all of the entertainment choices that you have nowadays. So people went to the films all the time, to the movies all the time. But also, the other thing that's problem, the problem with movies today is how expensive they are. Uh, you, you really can't, unless you go on a bargain night, you really can't take your family, if you do have a family, out to the movies uh, for less than, uh, you know, about $100 once you start adding in uh, all the popcorn and, and drinks and all that kind of stuff if you buy those things there. Now, I know people bring those things in, and you can save some money that way. 
but even movie tickets now, if you go to the uh, to the best, uh, you know, a good nighttime slot with uh, a, a good premium, uh, you know, film at a in a premium theater, you're going to spend twelve to fifteen dollars a ticket. So just for two tickets, you're already talking thirty bucks. Uh, it used to be uh, you could get by going to the movies for far less than that, even again at a very good time slot. But um, you know that's part of the problem. The expense of the movies, you can just wait for it to come out on Redbox. Go out and get your dollar movie or two dollar movie. Go put it in your Blu-ray player and uh, have your home theater system is just as good as being in the movies, uh, though you don't have to deal with all of the problems of being in the movies. So I think that's part of it. But I really do think there is a creativity crisis in Hollywood. And it goes back to what's going on with the situation of the casting couch and all the things that are happening. In fact, what I think is going on in America, and this is, again, it's part of the culture war, this actually has to do with American masculinity. You see, most of the men who are writing these films, uh, writing the scripts for these films, are essentially stuck in uh, arrested development. They are perpetually 13 years old. Now, that's the kind of movies we're getting. Now, there's nothing wrong with a superhero movie or, you know, a Star Wars film. Uh, but when you look at American masculinity and you look at all the people, all the people that are interested in quote-unquote cosplay, I had no idea what cosplay was until recently. I didn't realize this is people dressing up in costumes and pretending like they're in movies. Uh, I, I, I just didn't, didn't understand this. And, of course, all the conventions and everything else. And I'm sure there are people that like this podcast that maybe like those things. So I'm not trying to offend these people. I mean, this is what you like to do. But the fact is... We are stuck in a situation where people are perpetually adolescent. So what we get are superhero films. Uh, we get dystopic films. We get, uh, you know, we get films that are catered to teenagers. And that's pretty much it. We don't really have films that are cutting edge anymore in terms of a story. And part of that is also because Americans really don't have much of a story to tell anymore. Uh, when you look at stories and what makes a story compelling... It has to be based in something real, something tangible, an emotion, a place, a people, a time that's real and tangible, that people can actually put their, put their mind into and essentially put their arms around and say, yes, that existed. We've gotten so caught up in CGI and, uh, you know, again, superheroes and having the guy come in or the lady come in and save the day. Uh, we don't even look for real stories anymore. And then the real stories that we do try to tell are so violent, and the shock value has to be there in a way that turns people off. And I think that is part of the problem with what we're looking at in Hollywood. Uh, why is it that every film, everything that goes on TV now, I mean, look at uh, some of the major television shows. Uh, take Game of Thrones, for example. Why is it all of that has to be so violent and have so much skin in it that it really isn't suitable Honestly, for really anybody to watch, if you think about it, it does, it does create a situation in your mind where it corrupts your own mind. Even if you're a good person, you watch these things and uh, you start to think, why does it have to be this way? Well, because you have 13-year-olds writing scripts, essentially. This is what 13-year-olds do, uh, particularly 13-year-olds in our society. When they've been uh, saturated with violence and, and uh, all the other things they get saturated with, and this is a family-friendly uh, show, so I'm not going to talk about some of these things, but we all know if you're an adult what's going on there, if particularly uh, kids that don't have very much supervision, the things they're getting into nowadays that just weren't available and accessible for people uh, you know, 30 years ago even, or 20 years ago, uh, but more 30 years ago, and particularly 40 years ago. 
And so the other thing that's happening is people don't actually read literature anymore. They read comic books. Uh, and so there isn't this connection with human nature. Uh, part of the thing that makes a great story is an interesting people. This is why people have long liked Southern literature, for example. And so connecting the dots together and why we don't have good stories is because uh, there isn't really a good story to tell about modern America. What do we do in modern America? We live in suburbia. We live in, in urban environments. There's no more frontier. There's nothing exciting. There are no heroes anymore, except for uh, we do have people, of course, that go out and uh, you know serve the community, whether it's uh, you know public safety or things like that. And so there are heroes in that way. Of course, war films have always or war situations have always always produced heroes. But we become kind of jaded even in that because the wars that we're involved in are so ambiguous nowadays. It's not like World War II where there was a clear enemy and we were going there to do our duty in World War II or even World War I or maybe even a, a quote-unquote Civil War epic, these type of things. Uh, there was a clear enemy and uh, that clear enemy resulted in a clear hero. Now it's not so much. Uh, but those films that do have this kind of situation tend to do better. But, of course, the idea to portray realism in everything, uh, the violence, uh, the nudity and other things, I mean, why is this stuff even that important? You can tell a great story without all of those things, and it would still be a great story. Now, of course, when you get into stories where you involve uh, you know, maybe a murder or a mystery or something like that, you might have a little bit of violence or a scary situation. So those aren't going to be suitable for uh, young children, of course. But uh, not just that. I mean, what is the point of all the other things? And again, it's because we're dealing with 13-year-old boys writing scripts. 13-year-old boys writing scripts have this sick obsession with violence and, of course, uh, you know, all the other salacious things they can think of because they've never had those things in their life before. So they, they feel like they have to put that on the screen. And this comes back to the role of men in America. Harvey Weinstein is indicative. He's, he's an example of what men have become without any restraints. In fact, what we really want in America are real men, men who are chivalrous, men who actually have morals and standards and principles. Those are the things that made men great. They had barriers, and of course those barriers worked both ways. Women had barriers and men had barriers. These are This is Chesterton's fence is essentially what I'm talking about here. Traditional barriers and roles between men and women actually served to make both sexes better and protect themselves from each other. And when you have this traditional type of society, you can actually have better literature and better stories to tell. When you break all of those things down and you blur all the lines and you start creating a situation where uh, you've got 13-year-old men trapped, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, trapped in an adult body, a 13-year-old boy trapped in an adult body, and they're telling stories, and of course they're becoming predators and all these other things, that doesn't create, for, that doesn't create a very compelling story. Now, people will go to the movies. They'll always go to the movies because they're entertaining. But this is why we watch comic book movies, because that's really all anybody can do anymore. Uh, and even those are so watered down and distorted on what we get, they're kind of boring in a way. I mean, they, you know, it's fun to watch the animation, and we all grew up with you know Spider-Man and Superman and Batman and all those things. I mean, that's all fun, fine and dandy. To an extent, and of course, the the uh, allure around Star Wars is that it was such an interesting story back in the 1970s and early 80s, 
when it was first out. Of course, then they had the, the reboot of it, the prequels, and now they got the sequels. And so we're talking about Star Wars you know, every year, and that's because it's a guaranteed moneymaker. But I think at some point people even grow tired of Star Wars. I, I think it's going to happen. As you keep producing more and more films, you're, you're running out of things to tell. So I go back, and there are some really great stories that were based on interesting premises. I mean, for example, back in the 90s, you had a couple of interesting films. One was L.A. Confidential, which was such a great murder mystery set in a period time. It didn't have, I mean, it had some violence in it, of course. It's a murder mystery. Uh, it also had some, some, a little bit of salacious. It was an R-rated film, but it wasn't over the top. And then you also had in the 90s the Kevin Spacey film, The Usual Suspects, which was so good because it told such a compelling story. It was a, it was a con man story. And so you had this mystery, and then you had this uh, con man story, and those were great stories set in, in a modern environment, uh, certainly, but they were actually compelling. And, but this was, again, before we had the video game age. I just had a, a student the other day of mine tell me, uh, he's, he was in the military, and he said, you know, so many people sign up for the military, and they believe they're going to be fighting Call of Duty. I mean, this is what they think. This is going to be Call of Duty. This is all we're going to do. We're going to run around like in Call of Duty, and we're going to have a grand time. We're just going to find weapons all over the ground. We're going to carry hundreds and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, uh, you know, four or five weapons, whatever it is. This is what the military is going to be like, and then they find out it's not that at all. Uh, and he also said, you know, people that join the Navy think they get to travel around all these ports and they get to see everything all the time, but they got to clean the ship and guard the ship. And this is something that they don't even, they don't even you know, uh, think that's going to happen. But, of course, it is when you're in the military. This is what happens. But this is the modern environment we're given. And so there is nothing out there anymore for the restless soul, for the one who's walking around the woods with his firearm, you know, hunting uh, as a boy. Uh, exploring, you know, going and finding things. There are compelling stories out there, but we don't have them much anymore because we're stuck in this concrete jungle nowadays. Most Americans live in an urban or suburban environment, which is not conducive uh, to a great story. Uh, the stories that we do pull out of urban or suburban environments have to do with vice and corruption, uh, and those aren't really compelling stories either. This is just the news. So we like to have escapes in our literature. We like to have a people that has a culture and an identity. And that's the other thing that's happening in America. We've watered down so many of our regional distinctive, uh, distinctiveness in society that we don't really have that anymore. Uh, and we, we think that's okay. Now, of course, we, we can still point there is a South, and there still is a Northeast, and there still is a West, and these type of things. But because of the national, quote-unquote, national media, these uh, regional you know, distinctiveness, these things that made these people unique are being watered down to an extent that they don't really exist as much. And again, not only that, we're watering down the differences between men and women. Uh, we're watering down the differences between just about anything in society. And so you can't really have compelling stories when you do all those kind of things. It's almost impossible. Because uh, when, you, when you do that... You take away the thing that makes a person unique. And in order to have a compelling story, you need good individuals. You need good characters. Now, I will say, in some of the modern shows that, uh, I mean, for example, The Walking Dead, does have fairly compelling storylines because they have compelling characters at times. And so those compelling characters create compelling stories. I will say that Fear the Walking Dead doesn't have as much of it as The Walking Dead does, but uh, it's still an interesting story. But again, it's a dystopic story, uh, and so it's all about 
what happens when society breaks down and uh, what do you do there? Now, a lot of the other stories that I've liked have been, you know, things like historical, uh, uh, historical fiction, uh, things like uh, Hell on Wheels is a good one, or AMC's Turn, where uh, they still try to interject some of these uh, contemporary things into the story that's unnecessary. In fact, widely unnecessary, but they could tell a compelling story without those things. But yet they seem to think, as a 13-year-old boy, that this is what people want to watch. But of course, I think that they're wrong. You can still tell a great story in a G-rated movie. It doesn't have to be R-rated. It can still be G-rated and have a very good story. But we've lost all of our creativity and our ability to do that. Uh, I saw an, a corresponding piece on this. Was the uh, there's a, a comedy troupe out of I think it was originally out of Utah, Brigham, Hung, Brigham Young University. In fact, though they don't use any foul language at all in telling their story, and they are widely successful and very popular because of that. Because of the situation that they de- they don't they don't have to be vulgar to tell a funny joke. They don't have to have you know they don't have to shock you to be funny. They don't, and so a good story doesn't have to be shocking or violent. You don't have to show every little bit of violence. We all know things happen. We all know things can happen. We all know that there can be violence in society. And, of course, adults do adult things. But do we have to always show that on television? Again, it's, it's almost like they have to show these things because there's that, that lacking in their own life. They've, they've gotten to a point of arrested development where they can't get beyond that. And so they can't really be adults. This is really the problem with Hollywood. And, of course, Harvey Weinstein is, is indicative of that. This guy has never grown up. Now, you could say, well, I mean, he's power hungry. He's a guy that's in there, and he's just abusing his power because he can. Well, uh, certainly there have always been people, men and women, who have abused power. And um, the, the, the ability that he had to control people's careers and do all these other things certainly, I think, played a role in how you know, Harvey Weinstein viewed his role in Hollywood. But then again, he lacks, he wasn't really much of a man. He was essentially a primitive being in that way. And I think this is, you know, I did a podcast too on barbarians. But this is where, again, the idea historically charged uh, you know, look at man uh, and what man used to be, and Christian, a Christian man, and what a Christian man represents, the, the, the parameters, the boundaries, the morals, the ethics, the principles behind that are what secured masculinity in society. It wasn't just the ability to take. It was the realization that you didn't have to. It was the restraint that actually produced real masculinity. And so uh, what you have in Hollywood are a bunch of people that can take, but they have no restraints. They have no restraints on what they want to show people. They have no restraints on what they want to portray in a story. And so people are tuning it out. They're going to things that are different. They're looking at other avenues. And again, without this real cultural underpinning, what makes a man or a hero or these type of things, there's no story to tell. So we've, we're not lacking creativity. What we're lacking or a people or a culture that even is worthy of telling a story. This is why we look for fantasy. This is why we look for a situation where it, it isn't even real. I mean, superheroes, the guy coming in or the woman coming in to save the day, uh, this is not what we really need in America. We need real heroes in America. We have so much corruption. This is where Think Locally, Act Locally comes into this. The people that actually wade down into the trenches 
and start trying to change their local school board, or they homeschool their kids, or they wade into the trenches and they try to start cleaning up crime and corruption in their own town and face the problems of that, 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 are, that are created by that. I mean, the, the, the cities and local law enforcement and other things don't really like challenges to their authority at times. But those people are real heroes because what they're doing is essential. They're actually being the Superman. They're being the Wonder Woman. They're being the Batman. They just don't wear the cape and the mask, but they're doing the things that are necessary. They're not vigilantes. And we don't need a hero like that. What we need are people, concerned citizens. When good men do nothing, bad things happen. And we have a lot of good men out there who are still, they, they participate in this culture that is destructive, whether it's Hollywood or outside of that. And so, again, uh, you know, we look at the NFL protests. Again, part and parcel of this. People are saying enough. I mean, we don't need a national-style protest. If there are real problems, let's focus on now. Let's focus on the here and now in our area and not worry about some uh, you know, millionaires taking a knee on Sunday. We need people here in the immediate, in our communities, who are doing these things. And, of course, then again, again, the story comes around that. You, you build stories off of people doing, ordinary people doing amazing things. I mean, Daniel Boone is a compelling story because Daniel of what Daniel Boone was able to accomplish. He was an ordinary man, but yet he did extraordinary things. The founding generation is a, is a, is a compelling story because of what they're able to accomplish when they did it. Uh, the actions of, say, when, when you look at uh, a film like Hacksaw Ridge and Desmond Dawes, he was a compelling story because he was an ordinary guy who had a very interesting story behind it, and he did extraordinary things in the face of extreme danger. These are compelling stories. Uh, a story that doesn't have that is not compelling. And, of course, Desmond Dawes is a real person from a real place with a real culture. That's the other thing that made that story compelling. He wasn't some watered-down, quote-unquote, American. He was a person from Virginia who had a real culture to defend. That is a compelling story. So Hollywood is lacking compelling stories because they're not looking for it because they're stuck, they're, they're men stuck uh, you know, with, with 13-year-old adolescent ideas. And again, a superhero movie has its place. Star Wars has its place. Science fiction and fantasy. I mean, science fiction can be very good, and it, it can be a lot of fun to watch. It can be very uh, entertaining. But real stories require real people, and they also require real men and real women with real cultures. And by blurring the lines of everything in society, by uh, making, by trying to create a one-size-fits-all culture for America, when we lose the local, we lose real compelling stories. We lose the human element of it. Uh, when we have uh, people nowadays that spend so much time on video games or uh, on a tablet, on apps, and these type of things, and they really don't cultivate anything in themselves except for immediate gratification, they're not creating anything that's worth telling about. I mean, where is the, where is the romance in a dating app? Think about it. You know, Where is the love at first sight? If you want to have a romantic story, where is it? It's not there. It doesn't exist. There's no romance in a dating app. Uh, where is the adventure in playing Call of Duty? eight hours a day for a young man sitting on the couch. Where is the adventure? 
where is the story of someone who gets so in- interested in say athletics but doesn't learn anything else they don't they learn don't learn how to be good students so they become one-dimensional characters where is the story in that it doesn't exist really there's no story to tell in that this is the problem again with our one-size-fits-all watered-down national situation in America and Hollywood is suffering because of it because literature is suffering because of it art is suffering because of it uh, the only the, the reason people like to read literature is because it tells a story again a compelling story of a people in a place and a time uh, this is one reason why Ron Rash is he's popular uh, because he's a southern writer and he talks about a time and a place and a people who had a real culture it can be good and bad the traditions they have can be good or bad or both that's one reason why I think the show justified on uh, FX was so good because it was about a people in a place it wasn't just some watered-down culture it was uh, you know it was a place Kentucky Harlan Kentucky and it was about the people there and all the things they did. They were real. It was a, something to hold on to more than just a crime story, more than just uh, these people live here. And they're just kind of, you know, everyday kind of people, a caricature of some Americanism. These were real people in a real place. And Justified was such a fantastic show. If you've never watched it, watch it from beginning to end. It's so good. Uh, and uh, you you get a sense. I mean, again, you, you feel the people in the place of uh, of Harlan, Kentucky, uh, and it, it's just really good. So, if Hollywood wants to rescue itself, it needs to rid its people of it needs to rid itself of people like Harvey Weinstein, who have no imagination, who aren't real men, and there aren't many real men in Hollywood. They need to rid themselves of these people, and they need to find real men again, and not just that. Uh, they need to they need to explore the boundaries of masculinity and femininity. Those things make compelling stories, and they need to start focusing on people and places, uh, and a real tangible culture to talk about. Not some you know not some cartoonish version of a real culture, but a real culture and a real people. Those things would save Hollywood. The other thing they need to cut the price of tickets. Uh, you know. Now, again, this is all decadence that's creating all of this. And when we, when I talked about the, the podcast and We Are Rome and how decadent we are and how corrupt we are, that is a problem. Of course, the Romans didn't think actors were worth anything because they spent their whole lives trying to act like somebody else. You couldn't trust them. And I think you now that's another thing we could think about when it comes to Hollywood. You can't really trust these people. Uh, who are they? I mean, they act like other people all the time. So what can you say about that? But uh, that is... Uh, you know, part and parcel of the, of the issue with Hollywood. But uh, if we want real stories, we need real people. If we want real stories, we need a real place, we need a real culture, and we need to have Chesterton's fence. We need to understand the boundaries between ma- masculine and feminine roles. We need to have real men and real women. If you can do that, you'll create stories that people want to watch. And the other thing is get rid of the shock value. It doesn't even work anymore. Having a real story with less would actually be more nowadays than being able to put as much graphic material as you can into a story. It's unnecessary. It just becomes gratuitous, and it's, 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 it's unimportant. It doesn't add to the story whatsoever, and people get tired of it. So take it all out and be cutting edge. Be a pioneer in that way. Take all those things out and tell a story.
and don't focus on the computer images and all these other things so much. Yeah, I mean, it's neat, but we've seen a lot of these things. Tell a story. You could tell a story in a room with two people. As long as the story was compelling, you could do it. Uh, that's where the theater has so many advantages over the movies. Uh, if anyone does like the live theater, you can do those kind of things. And that's what I think the, the film needs to get back to, is telling that story, developing characters, real people, real culture, and that kind of smaller, more intimate environment without all the shock, and you could save Hollywood. Get rid of the Harvey Weinsteins in the world. Uh, get rid of the Predators. Bring back real men and real women, and you could have a real Hollywood again. And that's, I mean, if you go back to classic Hollywood, you had that. I mean, you had the people that had these type of things. This is why everyone liked Westerns, because you had real men who did real things. Uh, even if they were, you know, fictional, they still were real men who did real things. This is why John Wayne was so popular, because of the characters he played and because you could, he was believable as a real man. Uh, and we just don't have that anymore. I, I, can, I think America is starving for it. If you actually did stories like that with real men who weren't, uh, you know, who weren't just decadent and corrupt, but real pillars of masculinity, people would eat it up. Now, there's a reason why, for example, Captain America, a lot of people like the Captain America films, because he, was, he is that in many ways. I mean, that's what Captain America is. And people ate it up. Now, I know some people you know, oh, well, this guy's too white, he's too toxic, masculinity, he's too much of this stuff, but everyone loved it, except for the whiners out there who, uh, who aren't going to like anything. So that's how you save Hollywood. Uh, you got to get away from these other things. you gotta, you got to look at history, historical examples of, of real men, and I think if you could do that, uh, Hollywood would change. But with modern society being what it is, so decadent, uh, it's going to be hard, I think, to, uh, to have creative writers particularly in a corporate environment in Hollywood, but they think they have, the, they have the formula for success. Obviously, it's not working uh, and uh, to, to break through with this. But, I mean, more and more people are turning off, turning away from film and going to, uh, you know, much more independent mind uh, medi mediums for your media content that you could have these type of things. All right, I'll see you next time on The Brian McClendon.